Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to BCI Radio. I'm your host, AJ Black. It is a Monday afternoon. Happy Rosh Hashanah to all of our Jewish followers. Um, it's their new year today. Um, I'm here with Eric Hostis. We're here early this week because BC is playing or scheduled to play Wake Forest on Thursday. We can get that to that in a little bit. But uh, I think first we're going to go to, you know, do our usual, which is break down Saturday's game against Holy Cross, we'll talk a little bit about what you can take away from that game in which Boston College beat Holy Cross pretty easily, 62-14. to 14. We'll talk about the highs and lows of that game, what we saw, um, and, you know, anything that we need to improve on moving forward. Uh, then we'll talk about Hurricane Catherine, uh, which is bearing down on the southeast portion of our country right now and uh, may hit North Carolina right in time for the BC game on Thursday. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the game itself, how the storm may or may not impact the game. Uh, options possibly for what they could do if they got to move the game. Um, and we'll go from there. All right. So Eric, first on our hit list, let's talk about Holy Cross. BC uh, pretty much had that game in hand right from the beginning. Uh, game started pretty quickly with a 60 yard run by AJ Dillon, where he just, ran around basically the entire Holy Cross defense. Uh, and it was all downhill from there. He scored three touchdowns before they yanked him. Anthony Brown didn't really do much of anything. I think he went two for two, and they got him out of there pretty quickly. Um, you know, it, it was mostly the kids playing that game. What did you notice about the game itself? Did you like it? Didn't care? What, 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 were, your, what were your initial reactions to that game? I mean, it, you know, it's uh... – a little similar to the UMass game, but uh, I think you can take even less away from this one. Um, I mean, if Dylan played the whole game, he probably would have set all sorts of records and ran for 700, 800 yards on Holy Cross. It's it's just uh, it, you can't say met against boys because it's the, uh, the everyone's pretty much the same age, but it was just definitely a varsity versus junior varsity kind of game and. Uh, you know, one of the few positives, and I think you mentioned something along these lines on, on Twitter, was that, uh, hey, everyone plays an FCS opponent, and if BC is going to do it, you might as well uh, play Holy Cross because they're local, and, you know, Holy Cross brought a decent amount of fans there. Uh, the, the attendance there was one of the best I've seen um, BC have against a FCS opponent at Alumni Stadium. Um, I, I haven't done the research to see if the ticket sales actually would back that up, but uh, but you know I, I think they are making the best of a bad situation in that college football right now. You know everyone pretty much plays the FCS team, and you do what you do, you mop the floor with them and move on. Yeah, uh, forty-one thousand uh, fans yesterday uh, on Saturday for that game. As as uh, Eric said, there was a ton of purple and white out at that game. And they seem to be having a, having a great time at that game, which is great. You know, uh, the players, uh, 
themselves, they look like, you know, they made those two block punts. Um, and I haven't gotten a chance to go back and watch it to see what players were in on that game, uh, on that play. But um, that was obviously a concern. But the Holy Cross players were having a field day after that, and they should. I mean, it was it's fun. That's a big moment for them. Um, I was listening to the – I actually didn't get into the game this week, but I watched it from home. And uh, former Patriots uh, special teamer Matt Chatham was doing – the color and he was doing his best to keep that game interesting. I thought he did a really good job. So Eric, I was just doing some numbers while you were talking. Uh, the last FCS team we played was Wagner in 2016 and we had 22,000 player, uh, 22,000 uh, in attendance for that game. 2015, we played Maine. It was 29,000 and 2014, we played Maine again and it was 28,000. So, you know, in the re- at least in the da- Adazio era, that that's a huge improvement in terms of attendance uh, for BC. Yeah, and, so, and of course, some of it has to do with BC just being a better team. But I'm I'm going to chalk a lot of that up to Holy Cross, and uh, there be there being a lot of interest from their fan base as well. So yeah, in terms of the game itself, um, there were some younger players that got in and made some plays. Um, uh, you know, Eric, what, what young player that, you know, maybe was a second teamer or someone that maybe fans hadn't seen before Saturday really impressed you? Was there anyone that stood out for you? Um, you know, I, I, I think I, I was continued to be confident. Well, not confident, but just, uh, have more positive feelings about, uh, EJ Perry. You know, again, it's, it's Holy Cross, so I can't get too excited, but, um, you know, I, I've seen other BC quarterbacks not look particularly great uh, against Holy Cross, not against Holy Cross, excuse me, against lesser competition before, and it almost gives you a feeling of like, oh, my God, this guy can't even uh, get something going against these guys. You know, what, what happens when they play a quote-unquote real team? But, uh, you know, I thought, I thought Perry did, did a decent job in his time in there and uh, did, didn't really look like a – deer in headlights or anything like that. I mean, nine for 12, two touchdowns, 95 yards. I, I mean, uh, he, he probably would have had a 300-yard game or so if he, he had played the entire game. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, I was, I was also um, kind of happy um, to see uh, Ben Glines get a little bit involved. Um, you know, he, he's someone that's, been coming back from injury, but, um, you know, Glines is a guy that, uh, you know, when I, when I watched scrimmages in the past, he was a guy that flashed and I'd be like, who is that guy? And kind of look him up on the roster. And, uh, it, it's kind of the same feeling I had about Tommy Sweeney a couple of years ago when he was a young guy and wouldn't play. So, uh, I, I was happy to see Glines do a little bit something in a game. How about you? Any of the uh, young guys impress you? There was a couple, um, you know, I, I thought the same thing about EJ Perry. I thought he had a really good game, uh, showed what he could be capable to, of doing. I thought I, what I really impressed me with him, which I didn't ex- expect, was his movement with his legs. He was able to move the ball um, if things broke down or he couldn't find guys open. So that was pretty good. Um, I, I liked, I thought the play of some of the wide receivers, again, you know, they're playing against a different level there. So you're playing against smaller, slower cornerbacks against with Holy Cross. But, um, you know, C.J. Lewis had a good catch for a touchdown. I mean, he did have a bad drop at one point, but, you know, he's a kid. He's going to make mistakes. Noah Jordan-Williams had a nice catch, I thought. 
and, and Ben Glines as well. I, you know, I, I thought the same thing you, you thought. I know both of the Glines are fans of our, our blog and they follow along with us. So I, I was excited to see Ben get in and, and get some plays. Oh, really? I know. Yeah, both parents are, are big. I, I, at least I see them. They pop up all the time. I, I can see it. I don't know if I'm not supposed to say that or not, but it's, it's social media. So um, I know that they read our stuff. So it was nice to see Ben get in there. Um, and, uh, you know, just as a kicker, I like seeing Joe Tessitore in there. Um, oh, yeah, that was know. pretty cool. Yeah, he uh, kicked most of the field goals. I, it said that Lichtenberg kicked one. I, I wasn't really paying that close attention to the kickers, but Jason Baum, the uh, SID, said that uh, Tessitore had done them all. So, you know, he, he knocked them through. Now, the the biggest concern, there were some areas where BC was sloppy, and, again, that's the second team. We had second team linemen, second team all up and down, were the two block punts. Um you know, the, the commenter, com- commentators, you know, Matt Chatham and the other guy whose name is totally uh, flying over my head right now, you know, they're saying that maybe there were some freshmen thrown in there and that was what was causing the breakdown in uh, coverage. But both plays, when they showed it on replay, it was like a jailbreak at the punter. There was nobody blocking them. Do you just chalk that up to probably some youth up, like mixed in there, maybe not as good communication because it's not the, the first line, or do you think there was really a problem that we should worry about going into ACC play? No, I think, you know, they were just trying out some different guys on special teams and uh, just preparing them in the case uh, for injuries that they have to play down the road on special teams. And, uh, hey, I'd rather uh, see them learn from their snakes now against Fully Crossed and see uh, uh, Clemson or someone block a punt because a substitute is in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it was a good game. Uh, the fans left happy. You know, there's lots of uh, pictures out there. You can see uh, BC players with, you know, their teammates from high school that went to Holy Cross. So it was a good moment all in all. Um, it's great to see, you know, BC um, have a, a, a fun FCS school uh, come in. Now, I just totally off the cuff, I just was reading this morning, speaking of local FCS schools, uh, Merrimack is actually going to be moving up to Division One in football and joining the NEC. So, you know, maybe wow. in the future they're, they're slowly doing that, but they could be a program that we see in the future uh, playing playing the Eagles. Oh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> now really the real games start, though. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, Thursday night. So let's let's do some background here. Thursday night, it's a late game against Wake Forest. Now, uh, different uh, projections I see have the the Hurricane Catherine, a Category 4 hurricane, hitting that area that day on Thursday. I don't know exact time uh, details, but it's going to hit on Thursday. Um, So let's talk about that. Eric, do you think the game's going to actually be played, or are we going to be looking at some other things? If I had to bet it on, I'd, I'd bet no. I, I've been reading stuff that this this hurricane could be as big as like 500 miles long when it hits the coast. So even if they're not predicting exactly where it's going to go, uh, it's going to it's probably going to hit a lot of uh, North Carolina, if not the whole state. But um, in the rare event that this thing swerves off and and uh, doesn't hit, uh, you'd have to think at a minimum. There's going to be rain and winds from uh, kind of like the edge of the storm or whatever if it really missed. Um, and that 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 would be interesting uh, playing in those those kind of conditions, especially the way these two teams are built. 
Yeah, so I think a lot of, there was a lot of questions. Uh, we'll get to our mailbag later um, on Twitter asking us about, you know, what are, what's going to happen? What is the contingency plan if the game is – if the storm does hit? So I, I think I kind of break it down. I, the, we reached out uh, – one of our writers reached out to um, the Wake Forest SID, and he didn't really give any info. He just said, yeah, we have a contingency plan. Great. No, we don't know what that is. So, But I think there are probably I, – I, looking at ahead, there's probably three options of what could happen. They could play the game. They could move – I'm wondering if they could move the game to Saturday and keep it at Wake Forest. I don't know with TV deals if that's something that they can still do, but I imagine since it's a Thursday game and they want to get it in, I imagine that might be a possibility. And a bunch of fans – I saw on both sides of the ball, both Wake Forest and BC fans, throwing out the idea of moving the game to Alumni Stadium. I, th- I have to think that's going to be the lowest – of, of the possibility. Oh, and the fourth option is just canceling the game altogether. Now, Eric, if you were a betting man, what would you think? I, I, if it was me, I would say they're going to move the game to Saturday and keep it at Wake Forest. What do you think? Uh, pro- w- without any knowledge of the situation, that would be my best guess. I'd say the worst guess would be that the game gets canceled totally and not replayed because it's a conference game. And uh, typically these, these guys, these teams try and do uh, – everything in their power um, to get conference games, and you very, very, very rarely see that. So uh, th- that, that, would be my, that would be my best guess. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is, um, this is a tough thing to reschedule because th- these teams don't have the same open, open bye weeks or anything crazy like that. Um, so th- there's really not an ideal scenario to be played out here. Yeah, I I I, I don't think they're going to move the game to BC. I think it's probably going to. If I was a get, you know a betting man, I would say Saturday. But we're going to keep an eye on that. Obviously, it's it's a big one. It's a doozy. And you know, without that, with that being said, you know, we'll be thinking about all the people out there. Obviously, football is not the most important thing, but. Um, Stay, for all our fans down in North Carolina in that area, stay safe. Don't do anything stupid. You know, do what do what the do what the National Weather Service says and, and evacuate if you have to. Just protect yourself. We'll be thinking of you. But all right, all right. So let's talk game. So well, if the game is played and it's raining, who do you think benefit? I mean, both teams. I feel like that's kind of their. Like you're gonna if if it's windy and it's rainy most football games end up turning into a, a ball, uh, you know, field position battle ground, trying to, you know, keep hold of the ball. Which team do you think that would benefit Eric BC or Wake Forest? Well, I think it slightly benefits BC, but um, these two teams are very similar. Um, Wake, Wake has a, Wake like BC has a very good offensive line like BC they have an inexperienced quarterback um, that um, is explosive with his legs, can run uh, as well as pass it a little bit. Um, so we, you know, then you, you go into other categories. Wake Wake has the home field, although weirdly uh, the home team has lost the last four times these two teams have played. So um, that's a weird stat, but um, and I, I do think BC has the better defense as well um but yeah it's uh it, it will be interesting because uh 
like I said, both both offensive lines are strong. You know, um, I expect each offense to be able to get the ground game uh, ground game going, and and uh, I don't I don't think like a, a ton of plays. I, I think a lot of running plays, a lot of clock being run. Um, not as ugly as that three to nothing uh, Wake BC game a couple of years ago, um, but uh, it, it it should it it probably will lack some fireworks due to due to the weather conditions. Um, but I, I do I do think you got to give BC the slight edge. I was surprised a little bit. I saw Las Vegas had BC as a five and a half point favorite, which is giving a ton of respect to BC on the road. Um, I I you know for my column this week I'll have to look up the last time BC was favored by that much over a conference opponent like that on the road. Uh, there can't be too many times that's that's happened in their history in the ACC. But um, how about you? The, you know, if, if it's going to be raining and high winds, who are you giving the advantage to here? I, you know, I, I think again, I think BC a little bit, I, but you know, I think um, it's going to be a close game. I worry. Um, I hope that they've learned from you know their pinstripe bowl about adverse conditions because when they played in the pinstripe bowl and that tundra type you know uh, surface, their their equipment was not where it needed to be to, to be effective and they were slipping and sliding everywhere. Now, if it's raining and there's puddles and it's slick out there, I hope that they have whatever they need to, to be effective out there in that game. That, that worries me. <laughs> I just, I just don't want to see AJ Dillon falling all over the place. Um, but I, you know, I, I think AJ Dillon will be the difference maker in that game. I think he is, just a, you know, he's a game changer, and when it comes down to who you're gonna battle, who's gonna win a, a ground battle, I would go with, you know, the the proven Heisman candidate, um, and I think he'll neutralize just that edge of you know, um, the home field advantage and everything like that. So I'm gonna, I would go with BC with a slight advantage. Now let's turn the tables a little bit. Now let's pretend that the game happens on Saturday. Maybe it's a little bit clearer. The field's in much better condition. How do you think that would change the game? Do you think it's still going to be a low-scoring uh, slugfest, or do you think BC or Wake Forest will open up the, the field a little bit more with some bigger plays? Yeah, and, uh, if uh, you know the game gets moved and there are no weather conditions to deal with, uh, I think it does become a different game. Um, um, you know, I, I I think I think still BC has the edge uh, without without. Any weather elements, um, you know, they they probably get a little bigger edge um, without any weather elements because uh, you know there's less of a chance of just turnovers or just weird things happening because of the weather um, to kind of equalize things. Uh, yeah, if, if if there's no weather conditions, um, you know, they're, they're both teams I think uh, can get the ground game going. Um, both teams controlled line of scrimmage with their offenses and no line but at the end of the day you got even though they're on the road I think you give BC a slight nod uh because of AJ Dillon and because of uh I I think I just think their defense is better than Wakes they have more playmakers on defense and uh I think that gets the job done and like I said I don't I don't think this is going no matter what the weather is I do not think it's going to be an easy game for BC um I, I think it's one where they they edge out a win, but um, certainly if there's weather involved, I think it kind of evens the playing field a little bit for Wake Forest. So yeah, that so 
that's our uh, recap of what's going for Wake Forest. Again, keep your eyes open on BCI for any news um, about the conditions and what happens with that game. Now, before we go, let's talk a little bit about some of our future opponents, what happened last weekend. Uh, my wife was pissed because I sat, spent most of Saturday in front of the TV watching college football. Um, but it is what it is. Um, and I watched some games. Um, so Eric, you know, in terms of future opponents, whose stock went up and whose stock went down on Saturday? Who impressed you and maybe who you're like, hmm, they're not as good as I thought. Um, you know, this this week was uh this week was kind of a strange week. I, I feel like I uh I got a lot more out of um week one than week two of uh you know, kind of performances from BC's opponents. Um, kind of the most interesting game of the weekend, of course, was Clemson um, going on the road to A&M. Um, and they, Clemson really had to eke out that win against Texas A&M. And uh, I, think, I think my biggest takeaway from the weekend was like, all right, if, uh, if BC can uh, look at that game tape and uh, find some stuff, maybe this game at home against Clemson later in the year will be a little bit more interesting. Uh, I mean, Clemson has an all-world defense, and that, that's going to be the toughest thing for BC to come in, to overcome. But that Clemson offense looked uh, kind of pedestrian compared to some of those other offenses they've rolled out the last few years. So that that gave me uh, that gave me hope that um, you know instead of thinking there was a 99 chance. 99% chance Clemson beats BC this year. Uh, I think it dropped down more to like 80, 85 for me uh, after watching that. Yeah, I thought the same um, thing. Um, yeah. What? What? Did you get any big takeaways this weekend? Yeah. So, well, I'm gonna piggyback on what you were saying about Clemson. I watched that game. The thing that I noticed too, um, it was the second big team I watched that were just juggling quarterbacks. I saw Alabama do it last week with Tua and uh, uh, Hurt. And they did it. Uh, Clemson did it with Bryant and Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I don't get that. I, I, I guess I'm just more of that, that philosophy of you want to get your quarterback in a rhythm. You want your offense in a rhythm. And then they were just throwing both of them out there. And I just felt like their offense was all over the place until they really kind of settled in with Bryant. Um, so I, I was just kind of confused they were doing that, but, uh, I I wasn't impressed with Clemson's secondary. I thought you, they could pass on them. So, well, if BC plays them, and you're gonna have to open up that, you know, the passing game if you're gonna beat them or at least stay in the game. Uh, so that was one thing. The other piece that I noticed, like for stocks going up, um, I mean, it was against an FCS squad, but I, I have to say I'm kind of impressed with Eric Dungy's play for Syracuse. Um, I think yeah. he's a pretty good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Um, he's a, he annoys the hell out of me because he's kind of cocky. He's got that Johnny Manziel mentality to him. Um, but I th- I think going ahead, I I, I think my 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 opinion of Syracuse has gone up quite a bit because I think he's a he's a dang, one of those dangerous game changing quarterbacks, uh, and one of the types that also BC has struggled against in the past. So I thought um, you know he was one, uh, and then in terms of stock going down, man, Florida State's still a mess. I don't know what the hell that was against Stanford, but they barely they. If you didn't watch on Saturday, uh, any of our listeners, Stanford had a lead against Florida State basically into the late, almost into late into the fourth quarter, 
until Flores State turned it back on. But they did not look good at all. And uh, the, it's the second straight game. They've just – they look listless. And I know it's just like opening series of games, but I don't know. I don't know if Willie – Willie Taggart doesn't seem to have the team in the right direction yet. Obviously, he can change that. But I was not impressed with Florida State. No, they continue to uh, just be a dumpster fire on the field. And it's interesting – you mentioned FSU and Cuse. They're actually playing this weekend, FSU going up to Cuse for a noon start. And uh, if, if Syracuse is kind of going to turn that next corner like like BC has started to take, uh, Cuse has to take care of business at home this weekend because this Florida State team is beatable. This is the year to get them. And uh, uh, Cuse, Cuse has to prove that they're not, you know, the bottom feeders of the division anymore and take care of business. So that's – that's definitely a game on Saturday I'll have on my ra- radar in the uh, ACC for sure. Absolutely. Um, so we had two questions I wanted to get to before we um, we move along. Someone wanted to ask, uh, any? do we have any talk about the uh, upcoming throwback uniforms? If you guys didn't catch it, I, I, I put it up all over social media. Martin Jarman did a great job of um, showing off BC's um, – Retro uniform, uh, retro logos for a lot of the new um, polo shirts and t-shirts, which look great. And he, at the end, kind of hinted that BC might go back to their um, retro uh, uniforms for one game this year. So, you know, obviously people want to know, like, what game is that going to be? Um, I, I, it, I, obviously it won't be Miami because that's going to be the red bandana game. So they'll wear their red bandana uniforms. That would have been perfect for that game if it wasn't on Friday um, to do the retro against um, Miami. But my my guess, just throwing it out there, would be Clemson. Um, yeah, I think that's a good call, and it would kind of um, it, it kind of give Under Armour a chance to make make it really pop uh i've seen some sometimes teams do throwback and uh it's it's you know 90 95 of the throwback uniform except sometimes under armor will kind of throw in one small little wrinkle to just really make the throwback kind of pop and uh i think i think that's a great call i think the clemson game is a perfect candidate for that and i'm i'm pumped because i'm i'm someone that uh actually has always um, preferred the old BC logo and uniform and colors compared to like the, uh, I'll call it the uh, I, I, italics logo they kind of mm-hmm. have used uh, in the modern history here. So I'm pumped for that. I can't wait. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy uh, Martin Germain put out um, some retro gear like that. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good moneymaker. Um, I'm definitely going to buy some stuff and, uh, I think it was a great idea, and uh, glad to see him do it. Excellent. Yeah, so we have one last question. Um, it was a good one. Um, unless uh, – barring the team goes 11-1, and one, what does A.J. Dillon have to do to have a realistic shot at the Heisman? Eric, I'll let you jump on that one. What do you think he needs to do? Well, um, I'm <laughs> – that's a loaded question. I, I've I've kind of took the stance that for AJ Dillon to win the Heisman, um, BC has to go. BC has to win the ACC at a minimum. Um, Andy's going to have to put put up stats on top of that. So, I, you know, I guess 
if I'm answering the question technically, BC would have to go. They, they can't go 11-1 if I understand the question, so they'd have to get go 10-2. And uh, wow, that's that would be that would be strange. I guess they'd uh, <laughs> they'd have to lose to maybe t- Purdue out of conference on the road, and then lose an ACC game not to uh, not to Clemson because it'd be pretty tough to win the league and have one of those losses be Clemson. So, man, um, they'd have to go 10-2, and I think, and he'd he'd probably he'd probably have to break um you know the NCAA rushing record um um and that that's probably what he'd need to to get the job done I don't but yeah. you know my my stance has always kind of been that BC has to win the ACC and he's got to do it in big games and prime time against big competition like Miami and Clemson so uh that's that's kind of that that's I think I said it on last week's podcast. That's my two criteria. You know, I think he's going to get stats, but um, number one, BC wins the league, and number two, he has to do it against the really good teams on TV in prime time and kind of get a national audience to see him. Um, do you have more of a glass half full approach that he doesn't have to quite do all that to win the Heisman? I I think it's I think it's exactly what you say. Um, the the Heisman has become you know, it's going to go to a playoff team every year now, and it's going to be a quarterback usually almost, you know, you get the, as you said last week, you have the fluky Alabama running back that's going to win it. But they, I mean, he's got he's to win, and he's got to put up video game numbers while doing it because we've had plenty of running backs out there. I can think of a few, you know, that and over the last couple of years that have done really well, but they don't win those big games, and, the, and they're, not, they're not winning the Heisman. So out of time, we're – We've got other things that we have to get get to. So let's do some plugs. Uh, you can follow BC Interruption on Twitter at BC Interruption, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, you can also follow me uh, at BC Hysteria on Twitter and Eric as well at EJ Hostess. And uh, definitely check out his Instagram um, for his barbecue company, which has some great-looking um, uh, plates that he's been making. And you can follow that at Hoffa BBQ uh, on Instagram. And Eric, anything else? No, that does it for me. Uh, let's just sit back and see if they play this one Thursday. Yeah, and uh, definitely keep your eyes on Twitter if you're uh, in, uh, social media folk, or or check out BCI. We'll we'll keep you up to date when we hear uh, anything about Thursday's game. And again, to all of our followers down in that area, stay safe, guys. And of course, go Eagles. <laughs>